Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm your host, Linda Stevens-Jones, a certified Christian life coach, and I'm delighted that you have tuned in today. To all of our first-time listeners, welcome to the show. And I hope you're hearing something today to make you want to come back again. This broadcast airs on the first and third Tuesday of every month at 12 noon, right here on Life Coach Radio Network. If you're listening to the show sometime after the live broadcast, I thank you for tuning in as well. Today's show is very special, a first of its kind hour since this radio show began. I'm re-airing a previous interview I did with a man who greatly impacted countless lives over his lifetime. Today's show is a dedication to a beloved brother, Lawrence Larry Hester. I have the pleasure of having my husband, Richard Spike Jones, as my co-host which is most appropriate because we both miss and so fondly remember Larry Hester. I'll ask Spike to share why he wanted to participate in today's broadcast, but you're going to hear both of us refer to Larry as Deacon Hester. That's because we knew him as the chairman of our deacon, deaconess ministry at Antioch Baptist Church in Fairfax Station, Virginia. He served in that position faithfully from 1989 up to the time of his passing on September 22nd of this year. Han, tell us why you wanted to participate in today's broadcast. Yes, and good afternoon, Han, and thank you very much for asking me to be back as your co-host today. And we're very glad to honor Larry Hester. He certainly was a role model for all of us in serving uh, his leadership and his faithfulness. I agree 100% that his impact is worth our pausing to remember and it is worth our giving many thanks. I also want to share a couple of my favorite stories of him after the audience hears your recorded interview. Thanks, Han. So today's show is a time set aside to just remember Deacon Hester, his Christian character and his pouring and pouring into loads of people who crossed his path, all in some memorable way. Let me give you a bit of his bio, and then we'll listen to the interview. As I mentioned, he was known to everyone as either Larry or Deacon Hester. He grew up in North Carolina, and he and his beloved wife, Carrie, moved to Springfield, Virginia in 1989. At Antioch, we worshiped together. So Spike and I can attest to his being the very center of our churches, caring for its members. He, is an, he was an Army veteran with over 21 years of honorable service in the Air Defense Artillery Branch, which included a tour in Vietnam in 1971 to 72. He taught mathematics in Fairfax County Public Schools and was also a very well-known and highly regarded entrepreneur selling sports memorabilia through his, sport, through his shortstop baseball card shop at the Springfield and Potomac Mills Mall between 1991 and 2011. Larry was both a visionary leader and a nuts and bolts man, a people person who loved the Lord, family, and frankly, all who crossed his path. His own walks through life challenges were witnessed by many, and they left many inspired. Frankly, my intention today is to let Deacon Hester in his own words, 
continue to encourage and inspire. Even for those of you listening who did not know him personally, I believe you will glean something very positive and helpful as you move forward. This interview was done on November 24th of last year, only my second radio broadcast. From that show on, Deacon Hester became one of my biggest encouragers to continue this work. You will now hear the largest segment of that interview. Let's listen in together to what he shared. So then we thank you for the opportunity to share today, and I look forward to um, uh, encouraging others, hopefully and to uh, publicly acknowledge God's grace, his mercy, and uh, his great favor that he's shown me. Wonderful, wonderful. Today you are helping um, with the vision to grow a community here, one that gives hope and encouragement, and I hope even challenges listeners to make the kind of choices that can move their lives forward. So let's jump right in. Tell us a little more about yourself. Um, I've gone over a little bit of your bio, but tell us some of your background and what you're doing today. Well, uh, my my background, uh, as you mentioned, uh, covers a, a few areas. But that, just let me just uh, say right now that uh, the thing that uh, encourages me most and takes up my time now is serving God's people. That's what I uh, I enjoy. That's what I've been blessed to do, and that's what I look forward to doing in the future. Awesome, awesome. Um, you know, when I look at you, uh, I see you regularly, but even some of the people who know you, when they see people who are blessed and put together whose lives have many accomplishments like yourself, if they don't know you, they may not be able to imagine that you too have had low points or times of difficulty or great challenge in your life. But we've all had those times, haven't we? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I'd like to ask guests to share some of their challenging times because usually we can all learn something. Would you be willing to share um, a season of your life when you felt particularly challenged? Well, let me me just say this, Linda. Uh, My life has been a lifetime of challenges. Mm. Uh, Let me just start by saying my first three months of life, I spent in Duke University Hospital where I was diagnosed with the deadly disease of diphtheria. But through uh, uh, much prayer uh, and uh, good medical care, uh, God blessed me through that. But again, uh, a a lifetime of challenges, growing up poor, but not recognizing and not even knowing that I was poor. Uh, Going to college, being in high school, uh, good student, good grades, but didn't see how I could afford financially to attend college, mm-hmm. but God opened that door also. Entering the military, uh, not necessarily a a fond of the military, but I saw it as a career path, and uh, I entered air defense artillery in the U.S. US Army, and uh, during a time when there were very few black officers in that particular branch. But we survived that. Uh, Leaving the military, starting my own business, being an entrepreneur, finding financial support, that was a challenge. Mm -hmm. Teaching high school, uh, where I wasn't accepted as a team member, that was a challenge. Mm -hmm. However, through all of that, I really found my niche in the church. I was a late bloomer, uh, accepted Christ at the age of 31 in 1977, uh, was not committed 
to serve in the church at that particular time because I didn't think I had anything to offer. But moving into the Northern Virginia area, becoming a member of the Antioch Baptist Church, being convinced by our founding pastor that he thought I had something to offer. Uh, And I must say, looking back, the most uh, enjoyable and most rewarding aspect of all the challenges in my life has been serving God's people and serving Antioch Baptist Church. Thank you. Wow. Well, there are so many times of challenge that you noted. When you think uh, about some of the most challenging times, what do you remember feeling? Well, uh, during those most challenging times, uh, uh, I really felt that I had an obligation to uh, to do well. It was expected uh, by my my parents that we would do well, mm-hmm. and so that kind of drove me in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I was out there by myself because in those early years, I didn't have God in my life. Mm-hmm. But uh, he saw fit through his grace and mercy to uh, allow me the time to, to get to know him and to establish a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, do you ever remember uh, getting to a point where you may have doubted your ability to keep going or where you really felt uncertain about how to keep going forward? You know, I've, I've, never, have been, I've never been at a point where I didn't feel that I could continue. Okay. Uh, sometimes there were struggles, mm-hmm. but uh, my uh, competitiveness has always driven me to put forth my best uh, put my best foot forward mm-hmm. and to strive to do my best and uh, that's always been uh, an attribute of mine okay okay um, so you had that sense of competitiveness that kept you moving forward always okay always <laughs> okay through your time in the military. So the time of the military, it was ex- extremely competitive. Uh, and again, I mentioned that in the air defense artillery branch of the United States Army at the time that I entered, uh, there were very few black officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, air defense artillery was a uh, fairly new branch split off from the field artillery branch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, acceptance wasn't readily there. Mm. It was a matter of proving yourself, uh, but again, my competitive nature uh, got me through that. <laughs> Give us an example of uh, an occasion where your competitive nature got you through, if you can. Well, come to mind. Uh, one of my positions uh, in air defense was as a battalion executive officer. Okay. Uh, my brigade commander asked my unit to participate in what is called the Connolly Award. Mm-hmm. The Connolly Award is presented to those units in the military who compete in the uh, establishing and running mess facilities in uh, deployed uh, situations. Okay. These competitions were uh, judged. And uh, under Secretary of the Army uh, uh, chose to visit the competition that my unit was engaged in uh, at Fort Bliss, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he flew in, and I had uh, came I came up with the idea of putting my entire uh, field ration mess facility underground. Uh, he flew over several times to locate my position. They could not find it. We had to pop smoke for him to locate it. Uh, he he came down. We won the Connolly Award. Uh, probably just, uh, 10 years later, I met Mr. Ambrose in the Pentagon, 
And he says, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> he said, the desert. And so uh, he remembers that. That was one of my, one of, one of the uh, competitive mm. events that I uh, encountered. That was a sure mood on his part. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> um, where did you go to college? Um, I attended uh, North Carolina A&T State University. Okay. Aggie Brady. Okay. <laughs> I I know we want to get that in. Um, well, in the college years, uh, if you think back, um, were there times there where you felt uh, any uncertainty or how do you keep going or did your competitiveness keep you moving forward there as well? No, uh, the college, uh, I must say, I was a good student, mm. very good student in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't put my best foot forward in college, but mm-hmm. got by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was a mathematics major, and uh, and uh, the blessing there was that I was able to to matriculate through A uh, and T, uh, and and uh, everything worked out well. Okay. Okay. I want to I want to ask you for a moment as you think back over over the years over your experiences and uh, your career your careers. Do you remember anything being shared with you? You know, whether by family or mentors or anyone, a particular strategy or or a life lesson that made a significant difference in how you handle challenges. Yes, I uh, I had a mentor upon returning from Vietnam. His name was Lieutenant Colonel Larry Hunsinger. Okay. Returning from Vietnam, uh, have, having uh, a bad experience there, mm-hmm. experience, having experienced some losses of soldiers there, I returned from Vietnam a very hostile individual uh, to the point uh, I had made the decision not to pursue a military career. Uh, My plan was to exit the military. Uh, Again, I was very uh, hostile Mm -hmm. because of the circumstances I encountered in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Colonel Larry Hunsinger saw something in me, and he called me in one day and said, uh, why are you so hostile? Why are you so angry? You have so much potential. And he promised me a command uh, if I could bring my hostility under control. Linda, thank you for the opportunity to share. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. It looks like the interview was cut a little short in um, our editing, but um, as you could hear, Deacon Hester goes on to uh, talk about getting his problem of kind of having a hostile attitude under control and going on to have great success yes. in yes. his time in the um, in the Army. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, just as I sit here, um, Spike and I sit here, hearing those personal reflections and stories, you've heard them as well directly from Deacon Larry Hester. We hope that some of what you heard uh, prompts those of you who knew him to just have the most positive memories and sweet thoughts. I also hope that if you didn't know him, you got a good sense of the kind of man he was. He went on to talk about, um, you know, nothing in his um, careers, in his work and success compared to, and you heard him say it, allude to it earlier, to his love of serving God's people. 
Spike, um, of course you recall the live interview, but mm-hmm. yes, I do. What comes to your mind strongly after you listen to it again now? Well, I remember that during that your interview with Larry, uh, I uh, took the chance to call in to ask him a question, and I asked him about the phrase that we often use in church now um, of men. Um, you know, sharpen the iron, iron sharpen the iron. I think we've got that. Oh, clip. we do? I think we have it. We're going to play okay. it in a little bit. A little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about that one later. Uh-huh. But, um, but I also remember how, how well he served as a servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was truly one of God's uh, great servants, um, you know, inspired so many of us and talked to us about serving. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the time when uh, he asked us to pray on uh, the um, the thought, the um, uh, request for us to consider becoming deacon deaconess in the church, and, mm-hmm. and so we were asked, "Well, why why us?" And he said he observed that we were doing great service, um, you know, to many members of Antioch, and that serving is one of the most profound things that we as God people can do for one another. Mm-hmm. And he always talked about serving, mm-hmm. and, and he was a great servant himself. Um, there's just so many, many wonderful thoughts that uh, I can share about, um, you know, the contestant, and I will do that some of that a little bit later on. Okay. Well, as we were both privileged to be a part of the Celebration of Life Services for Deacon Hester, just a few short weeks ago, this interview or this re-airing, the interview reminded me of how many testimonies there were and that each one showed he used every setting he was in to lead, assist, mentor, or as you said, serve or uplift others. I heard some say it appeared that he was four or five people at once because he covered so much ground. Um, I know he never missed any of our special occasions or our moments of challenge. You know, if you or I had a health uh, concern or were hospitalized, Correct. Correct. he was always, if he wasn't there in person, he was certain to call and have prayer with us. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I want to uh, go back to one of the uh, points you mentioned earlier about uh, some of the testimonies given mm-hmm. uh, during this homegoing service. Um, one of one of our church members, one of our, our trustees, uh, Brother Robert Sinclair, spoke about uh, um, his time serving with uh, uh, Deacon Hester in the military. And mm-hmm. it just so happened that uh, Brother Sinclair and, and Larry and another um, uh, graduate from North Carolina A&T uh, they all served at some of the same Army installations at the same time throughout their careers. Mm-hmm. And Brother Sinclair shared with us just how it was a godsend that the three of them were together and that they all worked together with one another to, to support one another through those, those times. And there were many other um, prior military um, members, officers, with whom Deacon uh, uh, Hester served, who I, I've known over the years, and they've all said, you know, the very same types of things and, and lauded Deacon Hester for his, his support, his service, and his friendship to them all. Mm-hmm. But um, back to us, um, as you said, he was always very, very supportive of us in so many ways, just as he was for so many other people. Um, I remember when I had taken some kind of inoculation probably for a tetanus shot, it was, Mm -hmm. and I became very, very sick um, in a restaurant, and one of my coworkers brought me home. And I remember uh, Deacon Hester calling within um, a couple of hours, and um, he prayed with me, and he also asked me to pull out my Bible and go to Philippians 4. And uh, together we read... um, um, verses 4 through 7, and I remember uh, particularly verse 6 where it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I remember him very, very clearly uh, speaking about that to me, and that gave me a lot of encouragement and and hope that I would get better, and and, and I did. And uh, also... um, I want to mention that um, in March of 2011, 
uh, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told Deacon Hester about it, and he said, well, come on to the uh, men's forum that next Saturday and, and share your story. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a little afraid of doing that, but I did, and, and I remembered the um, uh, phrase, you know, iron sharpening iron. I said, well, here I am with all of these men, and I, I can share this, and I did. Okay. And Lord just came through in a big way because after I shared my situation, so many men came to me and said, Spike, I can help. Mm-hmm. I've been through it. I'm going through it. Here are some things you want to consider. Here are some things you want to read. This is what happened with me. This is how I went through it. This is how brother so-and-so went through right. it. This is how my father went through it. Yeah. These are some hospitals you want to, want to go and see, some doctors you want to talk to. And he was just so... Uh, they they were just so uh, helpful and informative, and I never knew that that men in a group like that could talk so openly about issues that at that time it was something very private for me. But I guess as a man, you know, I, most men probably would feel the same way. But we opened up to one another, and it just became a great moment of learning, a great mm-hmm. opportunity to share. And uh, since that day, I've been sharing with other men. Um, you know, the need to make sure that they are doing the right things in terms of being cautious about, you know, uh, uh, possible prostate cancer. Yeah. One other thing I want to mention is that, as Larry Hastert said uh, during the interview played back, you know, he's a graduate of North Carolina a And I went to his rival school, uh, North Carolina Central University, and um, every time North Carolina Central or North, and North Carolina a played each other on in a game, and the game was televised, Larry would always call me and say, Spike, guess who's playing today? You might want to turn on and watch your team get beat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was, he was always, always very faithful in letting me know uh, when North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central were playing on television that those are just some yeah. of the fond memories I had. And so many of us had so many uh, very special um, memories and a great rapport with him. Yeah. He did have a great sense of humor. Let me, um, I'm going to see if I can play that clip of, I actually uh, edited that clip where you asked that question. Okay. Um, because I think it's so pertinent um, for our listeners, Good. the men in our audience, to hear today. Good. Let's see if we can pull that up. Good afternoon, uh, Deacon Hester. Good afternoon. I've, I've really enjoyed and really enjoyed this broadcast. Coach Linda, your first broadcast was great, and this is as great as well. I'd like to ask uh, Deacon Hester if he would speak a little bit to the men out there about the phrase um, "iron sharpening iron," if you would please. Yes, uh, let me just say that we, as men, over a lifetime, we may have two possibly three other men that we can we feel comfortable with uh confiding in about situations of life. Yeah. Uh, I encourage uh men to not become reclusive during the times that they're going through struggles of life. Because if they're yeah. major or minor, we have mm-hmm. a tendency to um uh uh, draw back, become reclusive, try to handle things ourselves when there's a resource available, especially within the church, of other men who have gone through life situations who are willing yeah. to share, who are willing to encourage, but we have to uh, make ourselves uh, uh, available to to uh, to respond to others, as yeah. well as we men must look to other men who've gone through life situations, who can provide some advice, who can provide some counsel, so it it doesn't hurt as much. Uh, yeah. It always helps to know that you are not in the struggle by yourself. And, of course, God's with us, but, again, God can use other men to be a source of encouragement for others. So I certainly encourage uh, the thought of iron shop, shopping iron and men Amen. looking to other for a source of encouragement. Thank you, sir. Very inspiring. Thank you very much. And thank you, Coach Lennon. So 
there you heard exactly what Spike was talking about. Fortunately, I was able to uh, cut that clip in. Also, I, I think what's interesting is that advice was so relevant when he gave it during that interview, and it's just as relevant today, isn't it? Oh, yes, most definitely. And I'm, I'm very happy to say that there's further efforts to uh, create the Cancer Exchange Ministry mm-hmm. at Antioch, mm-hmm. uh, but the whole church, you know, both men and women, um, to have men who are going, through, women and men who are going through situations, as well as their family members, uh, mm-hmm. to come and share with one another. It's just a great outpouring, just a great opportunity for all of us to come together to help one another. Yes. We didn't get to that part of his interview before it was cut off, but when I asked him what he felt the Holy Spirit nudging him to do next, that's when he shared that he had uh, been led to recommend that our church move from the, we already had the breast cancer awareness ministry, but to expand that to people who are dealing with all types of cancer or other illnesses to be able to come together monthly and support each other. That's outstanding. And it's still continuing today. So that's that's Deacon Hester. So um, I'm sure there are some listeners who would like to share their reflections and comments about knowing Larry. The phone lines are now open. You can join us by calling 1-646-716-9397. Again, that's 1-646-716-9397. Yes, at this time, we are welcoming any callers who have something they like to share or say um, about Deacon Hester, the difference he's made in your life, or anything you'd like to share with us. Give us a call right now. And while we're waiting for callers, um, as we were listening to um, the interview, I was also reminded of uh, over the Celebration of Life weekend for him, the stories, some of my favorite stories were from the men who had worked with him as teenagers um, at his sports memorabilia stores um, at Springfield and Potomac Malls. Remember that? I do. I do. Great stories. They talked about everything from, you know, feeling that they could go to him when they uh, needed advice on something. Mm-hmm. Um, they could go to him when they had uh, any kind of struggle or any kind of challenge. Exactly. And even even when they were a little short on money, yes. uh, he would often give them their payment in advance and put yes. something extra in the yes. envelope for them, and they never expected it, never yes. expected it. But he was just such a great, great giver, such a great giver. We have a caller who wants to join us at um, 703-36451. Caller, press 1 and you're on live with us. Caller at 703-36451. Press 1 and you're on. Yes. Go right ahead. Hello? Yes. Go right ahead. Hi, this is Deborah Gibbs calling, and Linda and Spike, I want to thank you for um, airing this particular um, interview. Um, Lauren Tester was a dear friend, um, and I just want to um, just share, even um, since his passing, what um, an influence he had. Um, I'll speak for my daughter, who was his goddaughter, and one of the revelations she made when she heard all those testimonies was that she needed to be more discriminating about the men that she let into her life because she had known great men. (laughs) The other thing is I have a nephew who was a millennial as well, and he realized that um, aspirations in the corporate world and the design world isn't where... Um, his treasures lie, and that he needed to um, make more of an impact in people's lives. So I, from that perspective, 
Um, I'm very thankful that those lessons were um, learned. And as for me, as a church member, hearing that um, Lawrence was a lot of things to a lot of people seemingly at the same time, it just allows me, it just makes me resonate to think about how I need to put more action into my thoughts and how I need to um, step it up, so to speak, <laughs> and to help yeah. try to fill that void. <laughs> so yeah. I just want to thank you again. Oh, thank you so much for calling. We feel the very same way, Deborah. Yes, Sister Gibbs, and we all enjoyed your daughter's, um, you know, memory reflections mm-hmm. at the home going. They were great, great thoughts, great memories, great remarks. Thank mm-hmm. her so much for those. Mm-hmm. All right, and thank you for for this whole program. All right, all right, bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. You know. Um, Deborah made me think of something that I I want to share. And I know every person who loves Deacon Hester feels this. And I got to say it to a couple of friends mm-hmm. over that weekend. Mm-hmm. Deacon Hester had a way of making you feel you were one of a very few, <laughs> very special that it was just you and a few other people who were special to him. <laughs> and needless to say, everybody has a story of feeling special. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody had a very special rapport with Larry Hester. Yes. Everybody did. I I think particularly how, as I referenced earlier, some people said it was like he was four, four or five people because he could be up front and have prayer with someone who was in need of prayer at the end of service. Yes. But he was also the person getting the wheelchair out of the coat room to take yes. any um, of the ladies who may have been infirmed out to their okay. car. Yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It was it was very uh, amazing to watch him in action and how every person you cross paths with over that weekend had a story. It seems to be everywhere with everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll even share one thing that I hated for him to do it. Because he had this great sense of humor, as I said, and he would walk up to after I started this radio show, he would walk up to me with a straight face, and when I'd hug him, he'd say, Hey, Oprah. (laughs) I would always say, don't say that. Don't call me that. Although now I wish I could hear him call me that one more time. Oh, yeah, and I wish I could could hear him uh, when I would go into church early for the warm-ups before choir practice. And he's standing at the door, and he says, Spike said, man, I I was going to join you guys today, but I didn't bring the tie that you guys are wearing today, (laughs) you know. And then after after we'd sing two or three, the two or three services, He'd often come up and say, you guys and ladies did a great job. I'll take the day off. I'll take the day off. (laughs) Yeah, take the rest of the day off. (laughs) The rest of the day off. That's right. That's right. Oh, boy. We have one caller who I think is just in listen mode. I'm going to check. There's a caller at area code 718-938-prefix. Caller, did you have a comment that you wanted to make? Press one and you're on live with us. Hello? Caller, just mute your computer and press one if you would like to make a comment. If not, no problem. You can just continue to listen. Okay, I think I think they're in listen mode. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, if there are any other callers out there who would like to make a comment, please join us now at 1646-716-9397. Call us at 1646-716-9397. I regret that we had that technical difficulty before the end of um, the, uh, the first segment. First playing. segment, but um, 
that's technology uh, in me. Also, I want to mention, and like you and I hadn't talked about this, but in the slideshow that's on the screen is that same Philippian scripture, oh, because yeah. that was one of Deacon Hester's very favorite, oh, yeah. that Philippians 4. Yeah, that will always be with me. Absolutely. One of my favorites, yes. Absolutely. I love that it says, make your petitions known, but mm-hmm. giving thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in whatever we're going through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. We're going to uh, be on the line for just a few more minutes to see if there are any other callers. But I just, um, again, as I said before, we did the recording. I just wanted to let us pause today and just appreciate and be in a moment of gratitude about Deacon Larry Hester. I also want to say his family, his wife Carrie, his daughter Lolita and her husband and her sons, his son Jarek and his daughter and son, I tell you, they shared him with all of us. Um, Certainly did. In a way that uh, was selfless in their own way. They, uh, you know, really allowed him to just have the freedom to touch lives, just the freedom to touch lives. I also understand from, you know, people who had firsthand experience that at the uh, shortstop that while it was a uh, baseball memorabilia shop, it really was a mentoring store. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. So many young men were mentored there who yes. worked there or who just came through there. Yeah. You know? And they spoke about at his home home going about how when he would leave the shop to go get something to eat, he didn't let any opportunity pass, mm-hmm. okay, to try to help show uh, the Holy Spirit to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, the same on the golf course, too. Oh, yeah, the same <laughs> on the golf course as well. <laughs> uh, we have a caller at... Five seven one two one five prefix. Caller, press one, and you're on live with us. Caller at five seven one two one five. Hello. Hello. Yeah. This is Karen, and uh, I just wanted to call in and and thank you for the uh, program. Um, it was just sweet to hear uh, Deacon Hester's voice again, and I just, uh, I just, I appreciate that, and um, just uh, want to add my uh, amen to the fact that yes, <laughs> what a beautiful life, uh, wonderful, wonderful person, and um, I think all of us have been through. Um, experiences where we may have um, seen someone pass on and then perhaps we're at a, uh, a homegoing service and, and you listen to all the, the words and the test and you thought, man, I wish I had a chance, you know, to know this man or this woman. Well, I just thank yeah. God that I have the opportunity to know Deacon Larry Hester and to serve with him and just to um, – just just to be uh, to sit at his feet, so to speak, and i I'm just very uh grateful um one of the things that um, I noticed um after his service, someone came up to me and we were chatting, and um this person said who knew him uh well, they happened to be uh, colleagues from school, but he said to me, he says, "I had no idea that he was." such a important person, you know, in this church. He, he never said anything. And I said, I'm not surprised he was such a humble person, but this was somebody that, you know, doing that, but, you know, he, he, like he said, he never said anything and he let his actions speak. And I think um, the last thing I wanted to share is that um, somebody once said the single greatest tool of leadership is the power of an exemplary life. And that was Larry. Mm-hmm. 
And I think, um, like your last caller said, the gauntlet is down, and uh, yes. it's time for the rest of us, particularly at Antioch, to pull up our britches and to to get out there and to um, yes. to step up on the game and a wonderful example. So thank you again for the program. Thank you so much for your call, Karen. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Karen. Okay. Um. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, that is a, a a really you know as I was putting this show together and putting my promos out, it really was even hard to come up with a way to describe what we wanted this to be because exactly I just want others to be exposed to the blessing that we had for exactly. many years exactly. through our church family. And as Karen just alluded to, we've all got the opportunity to step up our game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to, uh, you know, as as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see. Uh, Deacon Hester was that. Oh, he was. He lived it. And we know that many of you who are are listening, uh, you you may not want to call in, but we know that you have stories that, you know, you carry in your heart in your mind about your relationship with Larry Hester. And, um, gosh, you know, it's just such a profound um, story that, that we all collectively can, can put forth. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Mm. I'm going to go back to the caller at 718-938-prefix. Caller, press 1 if you'd like to make a comment. Caller at seven one eight nine three eight prefix. Just press one if you'd like like to make a comment. Okay. Yeah, maybe they're just listening on the computer. Okay. We just want to make sure we give everybody an opportunity who would like to make a comment. Um, and as White said, we know this is not maybe in some cases your uh, comfort level or even uh, something that you want to express publicly. Mm-hmm. But we know that uh, at least in our greater Antioch family, the love for Deacon Hester continues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Want to give the number one more time? Yes. Um, yes. And the number again is one six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. Again, it's one six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. As we prepare to, um, we'll we'll give it a couple more minutes to see if we have any other callers. But as we kind of prepare to um, get ready to wrap up the the show today, that we've set aside to honor Deacon Hester, I just want to thank everyone. Mm-hmm. who's out there listening, who may not have called in, but we just thank you for being here for this special broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it is certainly most memorable, memorable for me to have this recorded interview to share and that others can obtain it, mm-hmm. to listen to his wisdom later. Uh, that That's a gift that I'll always cherish. Um Hans, thank you for being my co-host. Sure. Uh, thank you for asking me to be the co-host today, especially on this very special day when we are again honoring and celebrating the life of uh, Larry Hester. Um, as you said, uh, having um, this uh, recording available at any time uh, to go and listen to, it, it's just a great uplift uh, mm-hmm. for me now, and it will be for forever. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Okay, we have a... Another caller. And Hello. Yes. Uh, Hello. Hello. Hello, Linda, and this is Rochella, Sister Rochella. Hi, Rochella. Good afternoon. I just called to encourage you to say you're doing great work, and um, yes, our hearts are heavy, and sometimes it's just kind of hard to speak right now, but it's to listen is... Yeah. 
more encouraging and more soothing and more peaceful than trying to um, really express ourselves. And I just wanted to let you know, you're not in silence. If you get silence, it's silence because of of the fullness of our hearts, okay? I know. I know, Thank you, Rochella. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling to share that. Thank you. God bless you. We feel it, too. Yeah, I think you just needed to hear that. And uh, it was coloring, you know, you're probably maybe six months from now to do it again. Yeah, we may just need yeah. to do that. Yeah, I Good think idea. so. This, yeah, I, six months from now, it's kind of, right now, it's, you know, we're still, we still haven't quite got there where we need to be. And on right. the journey of grief, it takes time. And yes, it's yes. kind of hard, it's kind of hard to verbalize what you're feeling, but Let's get past mm-hmm. the, all these, you know, the, 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 we are grateful, we're, we're blessing, but the hearts are still mm-hmm. heavy. Yes. But I just wanted yes. to just kind of express to let you know that it's good to hear, but sometimes we just need to be, be still and be quiet. Absolutely mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your call, Rochella. Okay, God bless, bless you, you both, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye. To our audience, we totally understand. Um, again, just delighted to have this um, this recording and that we can share it um, in in Deacon Hester's honor because his wisdom is just um, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Spike, do you have any? Um, Closing words you want to share before we wrap up today? Well, um, you know, I can I can speak of Larry Hester for hours and hours and hours, um, but I know I don't have that luxury of time. Um, but thank you again so much for inviting me to be on the show today, and this was a great honor. And and as Sister Rochelle, Rochelle said, we will do it again. Okay. And, and again. Yeah. Um, and uh, you all have the opportunity to go out and listen to the original broadcast. Yeah. Um, and anytime that you want to, and to go back and listen to this broadcast again, anytime that you want to. So I just want to say thank you very much, and thank you for all our listeners and for our callers. Thank you, Han, so much. You know, I believe um, when we think about it, most of us want to be remembered as someone who made a difference in the lives of others. Frankly, some of us chase ways to make our mark endlessly when ways to have an impact might be right in front of us in any setting, at any time, simply by showing Christ's love to others like Deacon Hester did. I hope that today, hearing an amazing role model, that you're more inspired to take the opportunity and make a difference right where you are. When Dick and Hester was on my show, after all the callers, um, and I asked if he had any parting words before we closed, he offered a prayer for the audience, mm-hmm. yes, particularly for those suffering from illness. I think it's most fitting that we close in prayer today. Well, we have another caller. Thank you, caller. You saved me because I was getting choked up. Caller at 703-898-36. Press 1 and you're on live. Caller at 703 How's everybody? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, enjoying what I'm hearing from everyone calling in. Uh, you may be aware that Dolores um, and I really just returned to the area. I want to really address this uh, conversation that you're having about Deacon Hester from a little different viewpoint because of uh, some of the things that I saw uh, while on travel that really epitomize the kinds of beliefs and the kind of standards that Deacon Hester set 
that we should mm-hmm. all share and that we we should all uh if, if we have the opportunity uh, emulate uh yeah. some youngsters that we've met along the way uh that have some things to say that the seatmates on the plane that had some good things to say about uh how they lived their lives and they were in their mid twenties uh young couple with both of whom had received their PhD from uh University of Wisconsin. But wow. even at their young age uh, were epitomizing the kinds of uh, just hardworking, hard, God-fearing kinds of standards that uh, Deacon has to emulate it in his walk and his faith. And it mm-hmm. was encouraging to hear that uh, in the environment that we were working in. Uh, and I'll give you an example of something similar, that uh, we had a hugging moment with a person up at a restaurant down in New Orleans where we were sitting at our table and a Caucasian couple Actually, it was a couple and their mother and father uh, were sitting up there eating. And before you know it, the waitress came over and said, that couple over there paid for your for your breakfast. And uh, not so much that they had paid for it. But uh, I, that particular day just happened to have on a hat that said Vietnam veteran. And uh, okay. this gentleman, uh, he almost walked out the door before I could get a chance to go over and, uh, and thank him. Uh, his dad came over to me and said, well, that's, that's my son. It's not me, so you need to talk with him. So we sat there for a minute, and in the middle of the old coffee pot restaurant down on Bourbon Street, uh, said a prayer for people like him who uh, mm-hmm. are, are colorblind mm-hmm. and that they have uh, God in their heart and faith in their heart. And that's the kind mm-hmm. of spirit that uh, our brother Deacon Hester emulated when he just you said earlier, somebody said, he was just so quiet. He, he walked around. He never said who he was. I didn't realize that this person was so important in your church and those kinds of things. And it just excited me and to the point of tears. And they were, they were joyful tears where we sat up there in that restaurant. Uh, and everyone in the restaurant, I'm not sure whether they were praying with us or not, but it got mighty quiet. And uh, we had a big hug. And uh, he and his parents uh, walked out. It was just a great moment in a and down in the Crescent mm-hmm. City. I just wanted to share that story with you, and God bless you for mm-hmm. your uh, ministry and for your service. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Uh, that, that means a lot for you. Just, again, echoes the, the, the type of, of person Deacon Hester was. And, you know, there are others out there who have the same types of, uh, of, of things uh, about them. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I want to say another thing that it brings to my mind, too, Having, having just crossed paths with him, not only have been pulled by him, but having crossed paths with him, your life has changed in a way that you can't go back to a lower standard. You just can't go back to a lower standard. Yeah. I feel I feel it's one of those things where, and Karen also alludes, you know, everybody feels more inclined to step up, not mm-hmm. to um, drop back mm-hmm. and feel like they can do less, but to step mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, you know, I believe we all want to be remembered as having made a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just up to each of us mm-hmm. to choose choices. Exactly. Exactly. Um, exactly. Be be on the awareness and lookout for opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then choosing to care about others, show that you care, because that is, in fact, the making a difference. And doing that consistently. And Lonnie, thank you for sharing uh, that experience, because it shows, too, that, you know, how you affected others there in the restaurant, you know, and and, and we appreciate it, brother. Welcome back to the area, by the way. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Again... We uh, we do this in love today, um, just in grateful hearts and appreciation for our beloved brother, Deacon Larry Hester. And as I was about to say, uh, as he offered to close in prayer on the show that he was on, I think it's most fitting that we do that today. Mm-hmm. So let us join together in prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord, we thank you for having placed Deacon Larry Hester in our lives and in the lives of so many 
that you allow him to mm-hmm. touch and bless. Mm-hmm. Only you know all of those beyond his family who be, who he became, brother, father, grandfather, mentor, and counselor to over his lifetime. Yes, Lord, all of them. I thank you on behalf of each life he touched. And now as we go forward, bless us, Lord. May every listener embrace and be inspired by the amazing example of him modeling what you would have us to do for each other, Mm -hmm. to love and to serve serve. wherever we are with whatever we have. Please walk with each listener in this season and the next, and may they turn to you for answers. Bless each listener, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for being here today. Thanks again to my very favorite uh, caller and co-host. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to join anytime. Join me again, everyone, for my next broadcast right here on November 1st at 12 noon Eastern. Until then, stay blessed. Bye.